For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore, still going across midfield, inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast, here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. Hopefully when people look back on my time, they'll say like, you know what? He never, he never, he never threw anyone under the bus. He never made an excuse, you know. Um, no decision was made at the Carolina Panthers when I was there that was made by me unilaterally. Hopefully when people look back. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so uh, if you didn't know what today is, uh, it's Thursday. So it's uh, time for a new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Uh, Desmond Johnson, Sports Illustrated, Skylar Callahan, Panthers all-time lead in Russia, Jonathan Stewart. Here in the house, it's bye week. So, you know, we weren't expecting to do too much. In fact, we were actually planning on previewing uh, some of the other games in the NFL this week. And then lo and behold, like Mana from Heaven, former head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule, decides to just just point a flamethrower at the franchise on his – well, not even on his way out. He's been gone for over a month. Uh, just got hired at the University of Nebraska. Just got handed a bag. And he has been making the rounds. What you just heard right there – Actually, it's from today. Um, that is from the the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio uh, through Audacity. Uh, that's that adds on to what we're going to talk about today. But uh, y'all know what it is. Why we mad? Son? I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. And we're all just kind of looking at Matt Rule right now. We're going to dig into this uh, pretty deep. I want to hear from Skyler and Stu individually on their uh, their thoughts of this. This is going to be fun because Stu has not heard. Uh, the comments from Coach Rule from yesterday uh, that I actually went back and clipped uh, from Peter Schrager's uh, podcast. Um, we're going to get into that in just a bit, too. So before we do all that, though, let's get a quick word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. Uh, football is back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, excuse me, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And where we start today is, of course, like I mentioned before, it is Thursday. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. If you guys are upset or frustrated about anything, I don't know, it could be anything. It might not even be Matt Rule related. It's just got to be football related. You can actually comment uh, on the show. We're on Facebook Watch. We're on YouTube, on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel. Uh, we will answer it on the air. Um, so, Stu, you have not heard these uh, these comments from uh, from Coach Matt Rule <laughs> regarding his time uh, with Carolina, correct? Um. So you haven't heard this. I, I haven't heard anything. I might have, unless it was like some 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 quotes that I've seen. I've seen some quotes lately from some press conferences and whatnot. It's probably in there. So let me let me okay. So let me um, frame this for you. So Matt Rule has been all over the place past really most of this week, just doing the rounds. Uh, just got hired by Nebraska. You'd think he'd be spending that time talking about that. Instead, he's been basically talking about his time with Carolina. And kind of pushing the blame away from him. Well, not even kind of. He's pushing the blame away from himself. Uh, and he contradicts himself multiple times. This is a clip I'm going to play for you uh, from Peter Schrager's podcast from t- uh, this week. I think it was uh, Tuesday, I think is when it came out. Uh, Matt Rule commenting on his time in Carolina and not getting enough clarity on how much time he had uh, in this job. 
one thing you learned from your two and a half years in the NFL as a head coach and in the same vein, if you could do it all over again, what would be the one thing you would change looking back on it as obviously it didn't work out with Super Bowl victories or anything like that? I, I, I think I probably would just probably just, you know, uh, probably taken another job. You know, I mean, I think I mean, it's a great place, uh, you know, the wonderful people. But I just don't know if I was a fit there. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we, we talked about, hey, we're going to have a, a, a four year plan, a five year plan. You know, if you tell me, hey, we got a two year plan, then then I'm going to go get signed a bunch of free agents and, and do it. So, you know, what was a four year plan became a two year and five game plan real quick. And Interesting. It, it's not about pay. It's not, and I'm not angry about it. You know, no. at the end of the day, I understand. But if you're, if it's going to be that quick, then then we're going to sign some more free agents. We're gonna we're gonna go make the blockbuster trade. We're gonna do those things. I think the trajectory that we were on was correct. It was to, it was to have a team that next year could maybe build. make a big trade um, that could, you know. And I think you see the signs of it right now. When they play well on offense, they win. You know, there's a good defense there and. Um, I, I give Steve all the credit. I give the coach all the credit, but I'm part of that building process. Yeah. So had that just stayed for maybe two this year and maybe made the big free agent signing this year to get them over the top, I think that the Panthers could win the, the NFC South for years to come. And, yeah, and they still might win it. Okay. Buddy was Buddy was about to say they can still win it this year, right? Uh-huh. He, he was on one. Like he literally he want he A he wanted to not get any of the blame for anything bad that's happened uh with the team. On the on the other hand, B, he wants all the glory, all the praise if they do happen to start winning because according to him, what he just said, he was part of that process. I didn't get the other clip where uh on the Rich Eisen show uh on Tuesday he contradicts what he just said in there by saying when someone asked him about, you know, do you regret not drafting a quarterback or whatnot? And he said, no, cause I wasn't the GM. I didn't make the picks. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's just start right there. Um, Skylar, you've had a little bit longer to digest. I'm gonna let Stu, he's got that face of someone that just like had to like digest something. <laughs> he didn't expect. Yeah, I'm, constip- I'm, I'm constipated on the words that just came out of his mouth right now, man. I'm constipated with the words that just came out of his mouth. It's so crazy. So, so, so give me some time, brother. Yeah, I'm going to let you time. stew on it a little bit, Stu. I'm going to let you marinate on that. Uh, Skylar, you've been in the press room with Matt Rule for two years off on Zoom, in person. You've, you've talked to the guy. You've been around him. We've discussed his vocal mannerisms and how he tends to stretch things and things of that sort. But this, it, it's just unnecessary. Like, why did you even bother to do this? It's going to make you look bad to Nebraska to me. And and just help me. Help me. <laughs> help me understand, like, what is this dude's game plan here? Like, why is he doing this? Well, well, first of all, like, I, I don't think he went into it with the, the idea of like, hey, I'm going to sit here and talk about the Panthers, right? Like, I, I'm i assuming he probably took these interviews and thinking, you know what, we're going to talk about Nebraska. Panthers may come up here and there. But I don't think that that, that was his agenda or his motive to sit there and, and get off all of the emotions that were on his chest about the situation in Carolina. So that's the first thing. Second thing is I, I do, to a certain extent – agree to what he said about the timeline. And I might be a little crazy about that. The only thing that I agree about that is I saw a clip that came up of, it was in his first year and it was on Twitter and it was a zoom meeting that he had with the players. Ooh, I got that somewhere. Keep going. Keep going. I got that. Yeah, and, and he, and him telling the players like, look, we want to, it's, this is a rebuild. We're going to, it's, you know, they, it's a three, four year thing, but I want to win right now. I get his sense of that, like you can't just come into it and start signing all these big time guys in year one and year two when you're going through a rebuild. I get that. And for him to say, I want to win right now, of course, like every coach is going to want to win right out of the gate, regardless if they make those big signings or trades or not. The big thing that I disagreed with was that all oh, this was to set up for that big time trade next year, to sign, set up for the big time signings next year. Did they not just try to trade for Deshaun Watson? Yes. Did they not <laughs> yes, they did. to trade maybe for Jimmy Garoppolo? They were in, in the conversations for it. Like, yes. they were in the midst of trade for those guys. And, hey, Matt, I don't know if you, if you know this or not, but, like, I wouldn't say that I wasn't the GM so I didn't make the picks because that was one of the good things that he really did in Carolina. 
he drafted extremely well. Yes, he passed on a quarterback in, in each of the years that he was there, but he drafted Derrick Brown. He drafted J.C. Horn. He drafted Jeremy Chin in the second round. Like, he should take ownership to part of that. Now, obviously, you may not want to take ownership to drafting a long snapper in the sixth round, but that's neither here or there. But, like, I, I don't I don't think that <laughs> when he went into this, he would he had the agenda of, oh, I'm going to bash the Panthers. I'm going to bash Tepper. I'm going to bash – I don't think that was his motive. I really don't. He asked. He was asked the questions, and I feel I feel like there's some sort of anger that was still there about the situation. Oh, clearly. <laughs> and, and you get fired from a job, you're going to be ticked off, right? You're going to have things that you're going to say that come out of your mouth that you probably don't think before you say it because you're asked right on the spot. So, sense. But in the grand scheme of things, yes, I disagree with a lot of what he said. I, I got to push back slightly on that because it wasn't just one interview. Like he, my man did this like six, seven times across multiple platforms and just doubled down every time on the Panther stuff where he could have to your, to your defense, Skylar, he could have been like, you know, that's in the past. I'm not here. I almost slipped into the Matt rule uh, voice. That's in the past. You know, I don't want to talk about the past. The past is one thing. The future is another thing. But at the end of the day, I'm the head coach in Nebraska and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with, you know, but no, he went, Oh, you want to know what happened? Let me tell you what happened. It almost sounded like a. Uh, it was like he wanted to do us. He wanted to do a short version. Let me tell you what really mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. But like, you remember that long uh, ESPN article that came out, uh, like right after he got let go, a couple weeks after he got let go. They kind of peeled the onion back on what was going on behind the scenes. It was a lot of uh, anonymous sources or whatever. This sounded like he was responding to that article. It could have been. And, and here's the thing, too, what people don't realize is like these people are people, too. Right. They're they actually have feelings. They read stuff. They see stuff all the time on social media. This is a guy that really since the day he took the job in Carolina had been under heavy criticism. Right. And then when he first coached his first game, same thing. And it never really got to a point where he connected with the fan base. So the entire fan base was had nothing but negative reactions toward him. And he was probably in a position where he felt like, okay, this is my time to defend myself and tell you why. But at the same time, it kind of came across as if, like, hey, you know, he probably shouldn't have said some of those things. And the other thing, too, like, I, he should have never said anything about, like, hey, I, I did some of that, too. Like, give Steve Wilkes his credit. Right. He's the one that has taken this team from where it was to where it is. And that's now. that's cool. where that's where this whole thing, these interviews or whatever, who like I don't even think the questions are guiding him to say these types of things. Yeah, right? yeah. And so to me, it's just like it's the to me, this is the reason why I said like I'm constipated on his words because I don't we don't need to hear it. All of this it's so unnecessary. It's so it's like to me, it's just hey, just like this is an opportunity for you to say the least amount of words. Say, you know what? I'm I'm appreciative of my time spent in Carolina. I'm thankful that I had an opportunity to play to, to coach in the pros. Um, there's a lot of things that I've learned, and I'm gonna take those things I learned to the to the college level and I'm going to work on being successful there. And so, I mean, I think there's just, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, like there's, that was just fundamentally just him wearing his heart on his sleeve. It sounded like a little bit. And I know we are, and the thing is, though, we are human. And like, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to sit here and chastise the guy for, you know, expressing himself in a certain way or whatever. But when you give a compliment to someone, when you say, kudos or shout out to coach Wilkes and the coaching staff and these guys and that guy, you don't take it back <laughs> by saying, but I had a part in that too. Like the same comment. <laughs> I, like I, like to me, it, I can't, because me, me as a man, I can't really trust that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, do you, do you appreciate me or do you really think I'm doing a good job or are you happy for me? Because if you're not happy for me, then, that's cool, but don't say you're happy for me and then turn around and snatch it away. 
like using it as opportunity to like kind of pump yourself up over someone else's over some someone else's success that you're not part of at the time i know it wasn't the last couple of days i think it was maybe a week or so ago it was before he took the nebraska job and he was doing something on i think it was nbc or something um and they were asking him again kind of one of his biggest regrets and that in that interview or in that setting he said something about that his biggest regret was that he didn't connect with the players at the yes. start year one or year two. To me, I'm just like, what do you mean? Like that that's your biggest regret is you didn't connect with the players because we all know in this business and really in any business, it's not just football or sports. You are not going to be successful if you don't know who you're working with and you don't know why they're good at what they do and they struggle with some of the things that they do. Like personal relationships are so key and so valid in football, especially. But and I and I get he, you know, you talked about he talked about the COVID thing, and I get that was a tough situation. But there was coaches too during that time that were still able to make it work that came in around the same time that he did. Tom Brady went to a brand new team, who won a Super Bowl during the COVID season. He's 40 something years old. Like, don't yeah. <laughs> uh Brad Tippett. Uh, mentions, I remember he said they drafted Chuba because his wife told him to. So make up your mind if you were responsible or not. I remember that. He, he specifically said his wife wanted Chuba Hubbard, so they went out and got him. Um, Man, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I was listening. Side note, okay? I've been reading this book, Think, um, Think and Grow Rich, I think it's called. But I took these notes down, right? Seven qualities of leadership. Mm. Belief in the purpose taking full responsibility, the ability to move on and forgive, humility, optimistic and realistic, value others' opinions, confidence in your own, self-acceptance, value others' opinions, value others' opinions, getting to know your players, getting to know the people that are following you, that you're leading, that you're raising to be grown men. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are the qualities that you look for in the head coaching position. Now, if he's sitting here saying that he, the, what interview was that? Like, when was that? Which Skyler? one? I think that you're on, talking about. I think it was on. He was on, he was on NFL Network. That's what it was. He was yeah, on no. uh, Good Morning Football or whatever their morning show. He was on with now, them. If you're sitting there and saying your biggest re, your biggest regret is to is that you didn't get to connect with the players. Whew. Yeah, you missed the mark for real. Oh. He had two plus years, <laughs> two plus yeah. years. And I, I, and, I, and I will say, and I will say, COVID. You know, there's there's there can be some disconnect there, but Absolutely. there's ways there's ways that I was connecting with my friendships from over thousands and thousands of miles away that I was able to connect, and I probably got more in depth with my friendships during COVID than any other time in any other year because I had time. You know Plus it was two so, years ago. He's been in the building yeah. with these players since then. Like yeah. he's had a whole year since then where he was able to, to talk to them. I found the audio, by the way, shout out to the four man rush. That was the first uh, spot that I saw that put this up on Twitter. Uh, this is Matt rule. One of his first zoom meetings in 2020. To, to get to be a championship as a head coach, it's usually taken me three years. I don't want to wait three years. I don't want to have to sit there and say, okay, well, let's do this. I want to, I want to try to do it right away. So it's going to, it's going to, to get to be a, you see what I'm saying? Do you, do you this see? hurts. You, this you know hurts. What? I don't yeah, want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. It's like, how are you going to just like, it's almost like he thinks that no one's listening to him. So he can yeah. say what he I've had friends like this actually, like that they're just, I don't want to call him a pathological liar, but it's almost like they believe the lie so hard that they either forget they said it or they just they think that they can say as much as possible. Hey Desmond, Desmond, and it won't you matter. That, you remember that scene from uh, Don't Be a Menace? <laughs> Which when one? He, <laughs> when he was when he got when he got re- arrested and he was with that uh, prosecutor or uh, whatever he was, the, the detective. He was sitting there. He said, "You know you fucked up, don't you? You know you messed up. You know you messed up, right? You know you, you told me one thing, but 
But he now doesn't have anyone. Else. He doesn't have anybody telling up. him this. He needs that cop. He needs that guy walking around with. He needs to be his agent. That's he needs to go find that dude because no one is telling him that he doesn't need to do this. His agent keeps booking him for these appointments, and he keeps every time he just kills on and makes it worse. And they just go, "Hey, I got another one for you. NFL wants to talk to you. NFL Network. Oh, CBS yeah. Sports wants to talk to you. Why don't you come over here?" And he's just digging a deeper and deeper hole. I don't understand it. Uh, Devin Young asks, it's open mailbag, of course, and it's tell him why you're mad Thursday if you didn't know. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Devin asks, Stu, from a player's perspective, how would you feel if your former coach made these comments if you were in the locker room? Um, I'd be like... For, for the most well, part, the players haven't said anything. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't said well, anything, damn, coach. Really. All right, that's how you really felt, huh? All right. So you was really planning on tanking this year, coach? Like you was really planning on you was really planning on not winning this year, so we can set ourselves up to get a big pick next year. That's what you was waiting on. Okay. If he, if he, at the end of the day, if he had known that he only had two years, then that's what he would have did. But, but he said though, three years, he didn't want to wait three years. Right. He wanted then out. once he realized how hard it is to win in this in this business. He said, hold on, you know, what's that Jay-Z quote he was using? Um, oh, uh, the thing about him, about Jay-Z taking seven um, years to build Rockefeller. Seven years, so he, I wonder when he adopted that, because <laughs> he went from three years, I'm, it's not, I'm not going to take, it's not going to take three years, I'm going to do this immediately, I can't wait that long. Then he went to seven years, and then he going back and saying, man, I didn't have enough time. And then, like, I get it, man. Like you was in a position that a lot of people want to be in and it didn't work out for you. Um, You know, but when your time's up, your time's up. You know what I'm saying? Time's up came for me. When, when I had the, when I got, uh, when Carolina got rid of me, they say, Hey boy, you're getting too slow. You're not breaking (laughs) enough tackles. Something, something's happening. They really (laughs) say, really (laughs) But uh, it's time for you to go, sir. <laughs> Back your bags and leave. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give a shout out to David Tepper because I think a lot of people didn't expect him to do this when he did. And now he's kind of coming out smelling like roses because Nebraska's going to cover pretty much what he owed, uh, yeah. what he owed Rule. And Rule got another job. So, I mean, let's be honest. So, like, that would have been a tough job for anybody at the yeah. time to take over for Ron Rivera and. It seemed like no matter who was going to be the coach, they were going to kind of turn the page. Luke Keekley was going to retire. Either way. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, you lose Luke Keekley. It seemed like, again, I don't really know because this is kind of when I started covering the team, so I just missed that. But it seemed like the the organization kind of wanted to go in a different uh, direction from Cam. And then, like, after that, it's like, okay, let's just go ahead and do the full-fledged rebuild. So, at that point, I don't think it really would have mattered who had came in and been the head coach right then and there, because it was going to be a tough job either way. I'm not saying somebody couldn't have came in and, and been successful in the same time that Matt Rule wasn't, Jim but that would have been a very tough gig. Now, I actually think it's kind of an attractive job. I, I'm still holding on. Right now, I'm like Jim Harbaugh, Steve Wilkes, with Steve Wilkes in the lead. I want Steve Wilkes to get this job. I think he's – I wouldn't say he's done enough to earn it yet, but he's won me over. Like I'm, still you know, play. I mean, he's, yeah. he's phenomenal. I mean, we could yeah. win the division. Like, if, if Steve Wilkes wins the NFC South after he was handed over a team that was, what, one and five or whatever, one and four when he got it, uh, that's enough in itself. And plus, it feels like it, – well, it sounds like the players have all bought in. Um, yeah. I have a question, though, for you, Skylar, because, again, being in the media and covering them every day as the beat writer for Sports Illustrated, I thought about this uh, yesterday. Do you ever remember David Tepper – referring to this as a four-year, five-year plan, like specifically? Or was it always Matt Rule? Um, I mean, he didn't really speak very much. Um, I think he spoke when Rule got hired, and then I think he had one press conference last year maybe, and then he didn't speak again until he got fired. So when he did get the job, when he gave Rule the job, he did mention that this was going to take time and that, it was going to be a process and it kind of like everything he said kind of felt like, yeah, this is going to be a thing. This is why we gave him the long-term deal because it's going to take time to turn. Now 
did the pressure get to him and, and he just kind of you know, was sick of losing and just wanted to change? Yeah, probably. I mean, I would too. If you're two, two years and some change into something and it just seems like you're not doing anything different and you're not seeing any different results. Yeah, your, your plans, your timeline probably changes quite a bit. Not like if you hired a head coach and to a five-year deal and two years into it, you're, you know, let's see, two and 32. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be very patient anymore. You know what I mean? So, I mean- uh, timelines are, are, are very, for, like for, for an owner, for a GM, a head coach, like if I was ever in their shoes, I would never put a timeline on anything. Right. For someone else's job, because if I'm if I'm the owner and say, you know what, I'm going to give this coach a five year deal. Yeah, I'm going to give him a five year deal. But that doesn't mean that I'm one I'm wanting it to, to happen by the fifth year. Like I want it to happen before then. But if in year two and year three, we're just absolutely terrible. Like I'm not going to say, yeah, you're still going to get two more years. Right. Like, that makes any sense. No business sense, really, to do it that way. It's, Plus, it's always a fluid situation. Yeah, so that's always bothered me, the whole four-year, five-year plan or whatever that they kept putting out there, almost to kind of, like, talk dumb to the fan base or talk down to them, like, hey, this is going to take some time. And then you turn around and you look and see uh, Cincinnati hires a head coach the same year we do. They're in the Super Bowl two years later. Uh, Miami just hired a new head coach. They are they might be the best team in the AFC right now, and they just handled all their, their roster moves right, and they've, they've set themselves up for the future. And you look at us, and it's like, okay, they drafted okay in certain spots, but then they just completely messed up the quarterback position three different times. Um, I thought about Cam Newton's comments at the end of the 2021 season when he was up at the podium. And actually, I think it was Sheena. I just had Sheena quick on uh, for a rundown for this Saturday. And we were talking about this. And I believe she asked him uh, the question. And he went into a diatribe about how he didn't think that some of the players had bought in. And a lot of that starts with, you know, believing in the coaches and then it goes above that and goes above that. And he, at the time, it sounded like he was really more, we thought he was talking about himself and some others. Now, looking back on it, after everything that's happened since then, maybe Cam had an inkling of what was going on uh, inside the building. Because a lot of people forget too, Marty Harney wasn't fired. Marty Harney left. He was having disagreements with uh, with Rule. That's why they went and hired Scott Fitter because Marty Harney, it couldn't, I guess, get along or they weren't vibing on the same page or whatever it might be. That vibe runs through the entire franchise at certain spots uh, during Matt Rule's tenure. Albert R., I'm mad with Rule. He needs to take responsibility. We agree, buddy. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Um, I just so, wish he would just he what, just, just, stop ta- just stop talking about the Panthers and, and just focus on Nebraska because what's happening is now you have players, young players, young guys that you are now responsible to develop. And they're reading the same things that we're reading. They're listening to the same things we're listening to. Yeah. And so if their head coach is getting mocked and being talked about and like the ways that he's being talked about right now because he's doing interviews that he shouldn't be doing – if I'm a guy in college at that school and I have some type of like pool leadership position on the team, I'm looking at this guy like, oh, you really, really going to have to earn my trust. See, I wanted to ask you about that as a player because because I'm forward for him. How does that affect him at Nebraska? Especially right now with these transfer portals. Like yeah. if, I'm, if, if, if I'm a guy that's really like bound for the NFL, I'm thinking to myself, do I really want to waste my time here? Because if this guy's going to come here and the, the stories that are getting out about how he is as a, as a coach, like I, I came here for, you know, to really have a shot and clearly the coach before wasn't it or whatever. And they brought in a guy to make this happen. Now I'm questioning the moves of the organization, the school, you know, of, of Nebraska as a whole, mm-hmm. if I'm, if I'm a college player. Um, so, I mean, the best thing that he has to do, the, the only thing he needs to do is just focus on Nebraska. If he's getting asked questions about the Panthers, it's easy, bro. I do it all the time. I've done it all my life. When people That's come funny. to my locker, Hey, Jonathan, how does your ankle feel? I don't know, man. Go ask the trainer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Like just 
<laughs> you don't have to answer the questions how they want you to answer them. So that's that's you just, just nailed it. You just nailed move it right on there. and like go about your business. Like you owe nothing to no one besides showing up to the interview. And so whatever you say, so whatever you say after that, hey, <laughs> bad business. <laughs> Skyler, you've been uh, a part of that too, because we've talked about that in the past where it felt like Matt Rule felt like he had to answer every question given to him in some long-winded way, I guess, uh, where a lot of times you never got the answer you were looking for. Uh, <laughs> you would ask the question. everybody everybody's different um everyone had different experiences um me personally i never had a bad encounter with matt rule super cool dude nice to me joked around all the time like he was he was very personal um is he like that behind the scenes i don't know i don't i don't get to experience some of those things that you know that other people have been saying but like i think from his regard like or from his perspective like he, he's the kind of guy that he wants to help help you out and like like Stu said like give you the answers even though you don't need to like even during you know th- there'd be some stuff he he kind of fluffed by on maybe injuries or something but a lot of it was like he just wanted to help the media do their job and I think at some point like you have to realize you know what I don't need to respond to that and and at this point in time like it does nobody good, any good to sit here and talk about the Panthers. It doesn't do him, Nebraska, or the Panthers any good. The I mean, look at Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes is the antithesis of what we just saw. If Steve Wilkes don't want to answer your question, he ain't going to answer it. <laughs> he's just going right. to flat out tell you that, you know, I'm not going to answer that at this time. Like, he's very point blank about his style at the podium, which is refreshing. Um, you can tell. I, and I don't, and right. I don't think we can. I don't think we sitting here got a knock rules personality you know what i'm saying he is who he is but yeah. there's just there's there's options there's choices there's ways to, to go about things there's a time and place for everything and right now it's not that time and whatever is going on in a person's head does not always need to be said out loud so and I mean, I think you can tell too with matt like like i said earlier with the pressure from the fan base like that pressure shows up in other spots like it can show up in a press conference when you feel like you have to defend yourself and your vision and your scheme and all this other stuff like that can show up there. Steve is hundred percent confident in himself because he's been a head coach before, even if it was only for a year, he's been in this league for many years. This was Matt, like from the, from day one that he was hired, he was trying to prove himself. He was trying to prove people wrong. He actually, and Wilkes knew what he wanted once he got the role. Like he knew what identity he wanted the team to have. He knew how to get there. He knew what he needed to do. He marched up to Ben McAdoo's office and was like, yo, we're going to run the football 35 times a game. I don't care how you go about doing it. Don't give me this RPO nonsense. I want straight north-south up the way. I've got this dude sitting on my bench that was comparing to Derrick Henry last year, and he only ran the ball seven times (laughs) while the other coach was here. Give him the rock. Let him go. And we're going to play off all that, and our and my defense is going to benefit from it. Like it sounds too simple for Matt Rule to have just ignored the the, the clear option there, uh, but he did, and he's not taking any responsibility for that whatsoever. Like, how do you explain having Deonta Foreman with seven carries in five game, the first five games of the year, when you've got Christian McCaffrey who had been going through some injuries and has been in a uh, a dual back system before with our very own Jonathan Stewart? So like. He's done it before. Why did you not do it then? Like, why did you not lean on the offensive line? Why was Bradley Bozeman not starting at center when you put back in? Was it uh, Cam Irving or whoever he had at center at the beginning of the year? They got hurt. Oh, had F-line. F-line. He had F-line in there. who We had already decided was not good. <laughs> not good enough. That's why they revamped the offensive line. It's like he constantly was in a uh, – I need to fix this now mode, but then he's telling the rest of us, you know, this takes time. Like this is going to take time, but all of his actions suggest he wanted it right now, like microwave popcorn and every choice he made for the most part with the roster uh, backfired. It just backfired on him. Um, this kind of out the way, although we were just talking about Deonta Foreman, Antoine Grant asked Jay Stu, what do you think about Foreman's running style? I love it. Um, and what I really loved was Chuba's running style last week. Um, the way he so there was a, there was two running plays that both bounced it. It was a lead to the left down 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 the a gap, 
and they both bounced it. So Deontay had one, he bounced it and he got hurt, got kind of like nicked up on the sideline there. And he, oh, yeah. he went off to he went off um to the side and Chuba came in. They ran the same exact play. And he did the same exact thing. And he must have been watching the play before because he said he saw his homeboy go over there to the sideline and come up limp a little bit. So he went over there and delivered a boom. Mm-hmm. Whenever you like finish a play where you just punish somebody, you punish a DB and remind him, hey, next time you come with them pads, <laughs> you about to get this thunder, okay? Um, that's the way we got to run the ball. I love the way the intensity. And another thing is when you run the ball like that, the offensive line, when they're jogging downfield after they finish the block and they see a, see the running back just delivering blows and breaking tackles, you know what that does to the offensive line? It gives them the energy. It's like, wow, we did that. We broke them free to get on them little boys. So, yeah, man, <laughs> kudos to the running backs. They're doing their thing, so we got to just keep doing it. 190 yards. I think they had 190 yards rushing last week. Oh, was it 190? Yeah, I didn't. I don't, I don't know. Or maybe I read a stat that it was they they every game we've won, we've averaged 190 yards rushing. Am I correct? Uh, it might be over 150 or something like that. I don't know if we got the one. We did have a lot of rushing yards. Uh, I need to go back and check that. Um, but uh, <laughs> Brad, yeah, Tiffin. this last game we this last game it was a lot. Yeah. That's right. That's why Darnold only had like well, like nineteen. Uh, pass attempts or something crazy like that because we were running yeah. it so well. Uh, Brad Tippett comments, uh, invoking Will Smith, keep the Panthers' name out of your mouth, uh, to, to Matt Rule. Um, <laughs> I want to, I want to see that Will Smith movie, uh, Emancipation. That's coming out. 185. Oh, you were right. So, yeah, a little more. Yeah. Wow. I didn't yeah, realize we were Yeah, them balls are getting it. Falcons, um, Falcons game on Thursday night, they had 232. Woo! 100, wow. 232 yards rushing. What? So they've been averaging. So so they've been averaging around one ninety every game they've won. Right. That's the, so that's that's the, the recipe, baby. The Bucks game where they won twenty one to three was uh, one hundred seventy three. Yeah. See, look. Okay. I thought that was a little too much, but yeah, you you own it, too. That's a so lot of yards. Rushing. When we get into these games for the rest of the year, it's beautiful, man. When you're able to run the ball like this. In December, no late November, December, all these other teams on the defensive side don't want a team that can run the ball. If we run in the ball like this, Tampa don't want to see us again. Saints don't want to see us again. And you know who else don't want to see us again. Okay. Well, we right, already saw like, them twice. We already saw Atlanta twice. So they they're done with us for so, the time again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, what I meant the Saints. That's what I meant to oh, say. The same, yeah. so, see, the same, by the time we see but, them, they might be packing it up themselves the way they've been playing right. lately. They tired. They dog tired. But a lot of people don't want to hit in cold weather. They, they, they don't want to hit. They they, they, they say they do, but they don't. No. They, and I know that's experience. 180 plus yards. What did we run for in the loss that we had two weeks ago? Uh, who was it? Cincinnati? Uh, I can tell you. Because it wasn't a whole lot. I think the only games that we've lost with, like you said, the games we've lost with uh, Steve Wilkes, we ran for – those teams were able to stop us running the football because we, at this point, everybody knows what we're going to do. Like, we're not hiding it. We're going to come in, we're going to run the ball 30 times. We're going to try to stop you. If you stop it, congrats. If you don't, we're going home with a win. And the Ravens lost, they ran for 36 yards. Ravens. And the Bengals lost, they uh, ran for 64. There you yeah, go. We got that's the recipe. That's the recipe. So, dial up that run, stop the run, get in that quarterback's face, and play well in special teams. Las Vegas just ran for 283 on Seattle last week. Hopefully, we oh can yeah, take- I <laughs> hope I hope the running backs and offensive line Barbecue is watching shit. film this week on Barbecue. that Las Vegas. I'm right. If I'm if I'm the running backs right now, wow. I'm watching all big runs. Salivate. I'm going. I'm going into that film room and I'm typing oh, in man. ten plus yard game runs, and I'm on watching all of those. 283 yeah. on the ground. Have you ever been in a game like that where in the NFL where the Panthers yeah. ran for 
over 250 yards? Well, that's a dumb question. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. At yeah, one yeah, point, yeah. you had you we and Cam Newton that, and Angelo. And, yeah. yeah, we did that plenty of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it feels good. And it usually happens in December. Yes. Um, those uh, those yeah. Ron Rivera bursts were like yeah. just riverboat like, Ron, man. Just get hot. Right. Like as soon as Thanksgiving was over. <laughs> all right, Stu. You ready? Yeah. You practicing this week? No. All right. Well, you going to be ready Sunday? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, get ready. We're gonna give you the ball. All right, cool. <laughs> that's what that's what's happening, Deonta, right now. He's like, right now. He's like, uh, just give me three days. Let me chill. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me, me, back let me just hang my just let me hang my feet up on the on the on the couch somewhere, and I'll be ready on Sunday. Trooper's gonna eat too. Yeah, yeah. Trooper's yeah gonna dude, eat too. He's a large part of it, uh, and I do think having Sam Darnold in there. We've joked about Sam. We've been mad at Sam. We, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. All kinds of reasons to come at him, but after seeing him on uh, Sunday, I feel pretty good going into this month where the Panthers are. I know it's weird to say that being four and eight, but just knowing this franchise has done this before and knowing a guy's at the helm that was Steve Wilkes on the staff in 2014. Was he on that team? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's so he can. Talk from experience to these guys. Like, this is still a young team. Yeah. This is one of the youngest teams in the league. And for them to be playing as hard as they're playing still, it I'm, I almost feel like I can hear Steve Wilkes in that locker room going, look, guys, this franchise has been here before. We've yeah. done this before. You know, we've been at the bottom of the league after Thanksgiving and won the division four weeks later. Like, it can be done. It's not impossible. We can do it. He, he called the stars out last week. He wanted the top draft picks to play harder, and they did. And you want to know something? I feel like one of the one of the, the the mantras during that time was like, "No one's coming to save you." Mm. Like, if you're waiting on someone to make a play, to do something, to like help you excel in your career, you got another thing coming. <laughs> like, you well. you got to go out there and do it. Well, that's kind and of like you said. Whenever Christian got traded, he's like. That was the big question. Is like, okay, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, we're not going to cancel the season. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, guys. Pack up. Let's go home. Yeah. White flag. <laughs> we're going to trade everybody away. We're going to no. stop here week seven. Like, I mean, I don't know because I, I never got to go through the grind of, of the NFL, obviously. But, um, like, when I got towards the end of my seasons and I was like, man, we got five more games left or four more games left, like, I'd be like, man, like, you're beaten up, you're tired, you're, you're just mentally exhausted. But then if you really think about think about it, like, you only got five more opportunities guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And after that, you're going to have to wait months until you get back right. into it. I'm yeah. going to take it a step further. Like, when you're in that type of season, which I've been a part of the 2-14 and 14 season, you're not just playing like at that point, you're playing for your job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to play for your. So when people are sitting here saying, oh, let's just tank and da 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 da, no, these guys got mouths to feed. Okay. Yeah. Like they aren't going out there week in, week out thinking, okay, we can probably get a good draft pick if we suck. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> let's one, this 21 year old kid's going to save the franchise if we just suck a little bit harder, you know. Yeah. Like, come on, no? Let's be real. The best thing that we need to do, the best thing we can do is send all the positive vibes to our players that are on their bye week and hope that they're relaxing and catching the positive waves wherever they are so they can come back and go on this, uh, this win streak. And we can kind of, because we can kind of, we'll wrap it up in a bow right there because. uh, Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I forgot to mention, there's still these Carolina Panther fans out here that are getting mad that we're winning games. Like, I'm seeing this trend on Twitter and Facebook. People texting me, giving their opinions. They're mad that we're falling down the draft board. Uh, I think last, I think on Monday we were looking at, we're like a ninth or something like that in the the draft as it stands right now. Of the, yeah, please stop, Panther fans. Please stop paying attention to the 2023 NFL draft. We're in the middle of trying to do something here. We're trying to yeah. get Steve Wilkes this job. We're trying to get in the playoffs for the first time since 2017, and we're trying to see what we got. We're trying to see what we can do here. I, all these excuses yeah. about oh, if you if you put your belief in Sam Darnold, you're gonna you're gonna fall or you're gonna blah blah blah. I want I want Sam Darnold to be successful. 
I, I want him to. I want him to play so good the rest of this season that he is the starter next year. That's how I feel about it. And if you Jake don't have Cologne. that mind, and if you don't have that mindset, you're a loser. If you don't have the mindset that hey, we got to win these games and we should win these games and we're gonna win these games, you're a loser. So hey, look, pick up the winning mentality, and say hey, these boys is out there putting in all this effort. I ain't gonna sit back in my couch and say to myself, oh, I know what they should do. They should lose this game. Yeah. Nah, we ain't with that. So stop scoring touchdowns. I, so if I see if I see y'all Twitter and Instagram handling names. I'll remember you when we sitting <laughs> in the playoffs. Who has a list? Who has an actual list? A list? So uh, just be careful. because just think that the quarterbacks, they definitely are going to be trying to do their best because not one of them, except for Matt Corral, is going to be under contract next year. Right. So, like Bryce Young, as I've said many times before, like he's the only legit real deal quarterback in this class. Everyone else can have their opinions about it, but that's mine. And, and if you I'll say him, maybe. I'll, I'll say maybe he's – it's so it's it's a it's a uh it's a crapshoot really like you don't know for sure this guy yeah, speaking even of, cam speaking newton of college, didn't for sure that cam newton was gonna be great you know let me go off the beat I'm, let me go off the, the the grid here i got something to say i'm mad oh. about i was just i was just reminded yeah i'm gonna tell you why we mad son. Tell you why we mad, son. man listen my organ ducks Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> when I tell you we were up, I don't even know how much we were up. It was like, like 30, uh, not 30, but it was like 14, 14, 21, 31. What? It was like 34 to some something. It was 34 to something, like in the teens. I can't remember. I went to go give my daughter a bath. <laughs> and when I got done putting her down to go to bed, we had lost the game, y'all. <laughs> now they had that, so so that so they scored 21 points, fella. 21 points while I was giving my daughter a bath. <laughs> 21 pounds like that that let me it takes me about 20 minutes to do such a thing okay 20 minutes real time not football time because you know the clock stops and they got timeouts and they got commercials and all that 20 minutes real time so i don't know how much really time i I even look back at the game i just saw the end result of the game (laughs) and then and then i and then i was okay well we lost this game (laughs) But if you dub loses, we still got a chance, right? To to you know play in the championship and all that. Mm-hmm. Man, Washington State go over there and they stink it up, lose to UW. Oh. So I'm mad at Pac-12 and the Oregon Ducks right now because ain't no way you give up a lead like that in the fourth quarter. No yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. Man, uh, it ain't football related, but. Nah, I'm not mad at my Tar Heels right now. I'm I'm cool. Like I'm cool. Nah, you can be mad at them. Let I me just, talk about these Tar Heels. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm not mad. They just they're frustrating me right now. I, I just I'm I understand they they lost to Alabama and Indiana, both are top ten teams in my opinion. Armando gets hurt like every like, half. Something gets hurt on Armando Baycott, so he's limping around, or he had the shoulder uh, yesterday. I, I'm giving Hubert some time because I defended Hubert for all year last year and it ended up paying off. I'm not abandoning it by any means. Uh, I'm not concerned yet because <laughs> they've played a very hard schedule and all of it's been on the road. So but they got Virginia Tech on Sunday at, at Blacksburg. So I'm just like. You know what? Get, I, I got one. Go and hit me up, doesn't I got one. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I didn't have one initially. And then we got into this college talk. <laughs> stop doing preseason rankings. Oh, basketball, football. Nobody knows anything until you play the dang games. Carolina is the perfect example of this. They've lost three straight games. Again, two to fairly good opponents. But can we stop doing this? Like, you're ranking teams in the top ten that have no business of even being getting votes. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Stop. Let's play the games. Wait a month or two into the season. Then we can start ranking. Especially on TV. That's all what it's for. 
especially in football, because at least in basketball, there's a mechanism at the end of the year to kind of weed that out. So it doesn't really matter where you started. If you're good, you're going to advance through. In football, it's like the preseason poll props Alabama to be near the playoff every year because they're always going to start off in the top four. And then they're going to they're going to go 11 and one more than likely at the, at the worst. So even if they lose earlier in the year, they'll have time to creep back into it. And what are we seeing right now? If a couple of things go right. Uh, well, Ohio State's not playing anymore. Uh, I don't know if they would leapfrog Ohio State because they're at sixth. Um, Ohio State's at five. If TCU loses, if USC loses, that puts Ohio State and Alabama right back into play again because of where they were at the beginning of the year in those preseason polls. I, I completely agree. Listen, if Alabama's in the championship, <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Not, I'm I'm not watching college football ever again. You you know it's going to go down. Like even when they dropped, I was like, I don't care. It's going they're going to rise right back up and just in time they're going to get it as the four seed, and then they're going to win the national championship. Like it just feels like it happens every year. I'm just over it. you get left out again. I hope. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I hope Michigan wins the whole thing. I, I hope, hope Michigan does play. too, because at this point, I ain't got, I ain't cheer, I ain't got nobody to cheer for. I'm cheering right. for Michigan. <laughs> Go Michigan. Brad comments: If UNC loses to Clemson, both the basketball team and the football team would have three straight losses. Appreciate that, Brad. That's uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that, and <laughs> now that that's gonna be on my mind the rest of this beautiful Thursday. Uh, I appreciate you watching. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let's just end it right there. Uh, we're on a bye this Sunday. I'm sure we'll be back for an episode next week, probably later in the week as we get closer to game time. Uh, so it'll probably be next Thursday. We're going to probably take a little mini by ourselves. We'll be off next Tuesday. Um, you can watch this episode or any other previous episodes of the Carolina, uh, the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, real quick from Andrew Rumfeld. What is up, Panther Pack? My question is, could you give, could you guys give my dad Alton a happy birthday shout out? He turns 53 today, and he's the one who taught me all about football and loving the Panthers. Shout out to, I guess, Mr. Rumsfeld. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, hope Alton, you're enjoying happy it. birthday, man. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you 53 introduced- is a good number, man. Brian Burns. There you go, yeah. Spider Man. So, Spider-Man. uh, hope you, uh, have a good, <laughs> hope you have a good, uh, happy birthday, uh, Alton. And uh, we'll be back with a new episode next week on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.